pilgrims. It's time for your favorite world-traveling, Bible-toting, soul-winning, Satan-hating, tried, tested, and triumphant host, Pastor A.J. Harold. Just a quick reminder to not be weary in well-doing, for as peculiar pilgrims, we're just watching, waiting, and working. Buckle up, and let's ride. Well, I'm going off script tonight. In fact, I have no script. I'm talking from my heart. When I was a child, I got to play baseball from five years old all the way up to 16. And the older I got, the more difficult it was to hit the ball. I can tell you I was a pitcher, shortstop, I played center field, but I never really was a great batter. I'd either get a home run or strike out is what it felt like. I had a lot of power if I accidentally hit the ball from time to time. But tonight, I really want to talk about curveballs. You see... I had a script. I had a plan. I'm looking forward to recovering from this week and doing that next week, Lord willing. But right now in front of me, I have no paperwork. I don't have my Bible open. I have no apps. Just the microphone and my voice pouring out my heart to my faithful listeners When you go up to bat and you're expecting a fastball and you swing for a fastball, there's nothing better than getting all of it. I mean, whether it's a ground ball, first base, you know, you only make it to first or you can get all of it and get a home run or get a good solid double, whatever it is, when you plan for a fastball and you swing for a fastball, it's pretty amazing to get all of it. But today, I was planning for a fastball and received a curveball. I was not planning for a curveball. So what I did was I took my bat, I swung as hard as I could, and I missed the ball because I wasn't expecting this curveball. And in our lives, peculiar pilgrims, there's going to be times of curveballs. There's going to be times where you did not anticipate it. You didn't see it coming. Even if you saw it coming, you just weren't prepared for it. And so I want to encourage you when you get hit by a curveball, not literally hit because you kind of want to get hit. You get to take first base. But when you get surprised with a curveball and you're swinging for the moon because you expected a fastball, And you take, I mean, a serious, you're all in, you're passionate, but you miss the ball. What do you do? When I was a child, I used to cry a lot in baseball. I would get a couple strikes or I'd strike out and go to the dugout. And I think it frustrated my dad pretty good. Not He never was angry with me. He was always, man, he delighted in mercy. Good picture of our Heavenly Father but probably slightly embarrassed that his son is crying because he struck out. Everybody strikes out from time to time, but it's hard when you strike out. It's hard when you even swing real good and you mean well and your team is depending on you and you strike out. What do you do when you receive a curveball when you are expecting a fastball? I just want to encourage you to battle. 
My dad used to shout out as a baseball coach. I'd have two strikes, and, and I do apologize for my listeners who don't understand baseball, but, but bear with me. I think you'll get the point by the end. But I, I know when I had two strikes on me, whether it was three balls, two balls, one ball, or no balls, if I had two strikes on me, my dad used to say, choke up on the bat, and he'd just shout out over and over and over, battle, AJ, battle, battle, AJ, battle. In other words, don't quit. You've got two strikes on you. You may have struck out last time you were up, but this is a new at-bat. This is a new opportunity. And I believe a lot of us, when we receive a curveball, <laughs> we, we just get so shocked and surprised. You ever see someone, for you guys that do watch baseball or are familiar with it, they take a good swing and they swing so hard. If they hit the ball, that ball's gone. They're in first base, second base, etc. But when they don't get that ball, it's like they almost fall down because of the power of their swing not making any connection to the ball. And today, to be honest with you, I took a swing and I missed the ball. And I've been in the game for a long time. And yet I missed the ball. The good news is I've missed the ball before. I've been here before. I have failed before. But what I've never done is quit. Oh, I cried. <laughs> I got uh, called out and different things, but I didn't quit. And I want to encourage you, and I keep saying tonight because I'm recording it in the evening, but I want to encourage you as you listen to this, just dig deep, just battle. If you're going through something, the Word of God says, the just man falleth seven times. And I, I, you got to take that in, the just man, not just a man, any man, the just man falleth seven times yet riseth again. When we fall and we will fall, we'll get to a point. I was listening to a dear friend talk about the fentanyl pro uh, problem in America and California, and he likened it to LSD, except way worse. And when he was talking about LSD, I was thinking, and I always think about the book of James, where the Bible says, where lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Nobody wants that. As a believer, as a peculiar pilgrim, we don't want that to be said of us. We don't want our testimony stained. We don't want the testimony of Christ ruined. We don't want to ruin our church. We don't want to lose position. Um, but the reality is, there has to be a time for repentance. When we fail, when we read something wrong or we hide our secret sin and it's discovered, when we fall flat on our face, we need to repent. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That thing you're struggling with falls under the category of all, all unrighteousness. But the verse says, the just falleth seven times, yet riseth again. That means believers are going to struggle from time to time with all kind of sin. Don't believe the lie that I, if I were saved, I wouldn't do this. Or don't just don't believe the lies. 
Realize that God loves you. He wants to use you. And he has a specific plan for your life, even right now. Even in the moment that you're holding the bat, the ball that was thrown was a curveball, and it's now in the catcher's mitt. Stay in the batter's box. Dust yourself off, choke up on the bat, and battle. And battle. The preacher said it's a it's not a recreation uh, uh, room. It's a battlefield. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. Run if you want to and run if you will. But I came here to stay. So as a peculiar pilgrim, I find myself stepping out of the batter's box, reevaluating the pitcher, reevaluating the count, reevaluating the outs, reevaluating what inning I'm in, and going, okay, Lord, I need your help. I spent a good amount of time, and I'm not done, but I spent a good amount of time talking to my Heavenly Father. Lord, you know what's going on. And this curveball is just not expected. I don't want it. I'm not looking forward to it. But at the same time, you knew, I'm talking to God, you know, just God knew that this was going to happen. And since he knew it was going to happen, and his thoughts are that of delight toward me, then I better run to him. And so, Pilgrim, you need to run to them. I don't know. I don't have a large audience. You guys probably know that. I don't think 50 people. I, I venture to say 40 people, maybe 30 people listen to these every week. And if you're listening, we're on episode 50. You've been with me for almost a year. And I want you to know in these 50 episodes. This is the first one. Again, I'm not using notes. I'm just talking from the heart because I received a curveball I was not expecting. And I got thinking about a lot of things, but one of them was you. And it hit me, oh no, I haven't recorded yet. And literally I need to upload this tonight so it's available for you to listen to tomorrow. And I go, Lord, I I can't do that right now. And God says, did you make a commitment to me or to men? I definitely made a commitment to the Lord. And again, I actually said I'd do 25 episodes. Well, this one doubles that. That's 50. And I'm thinking of my grandchildren and I'm thinking of my legacy and I'm thinking of the heritage that God has given me and the arrows that he's filled my quiver with. And I think, Lord, I got to get back in the botter's box. I got to step back up to the plate. I got to be ready for the next pitch. I have to not presume anything or assume anything. I just got to read the picture, read the moment, dig deep, choke up, and be ready to go. And so that's where I'm at right now. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not like struggling with any like personal sin or anything like that. But there is a situation that came up that I have to deal with. And the situation, wow. If I can go back, if I could just go back and do some things differently so that I wouldn't be in this moment. But the reality is I'm in this moment and I'm thankful that God is with me in this moment because I desperately need his help. I'm so glad he's not just almighty God. I'm so glad he's not just the savior of the world, but I'm glad he's my father and I can cast 
all my care upon him, for he truly careth for me. He really does. And he knows about this situation. He knew about it before I did. And so as a husband, as a father, as a friend, and, and a few other hats, I, I just want to encourage you, cast all your care upon the Lord. Dust yourself off. I know you took a big swing and you misread it and you blew it. You absolutely blew it. And there might be some people laughing at you. But understand that God delights in mercy. I tell this story a lot. It's a lot better visually. But when my son Angel was learning how to walk, I took my two pointer fingers and he grabbed both of them. And you know how a baby's hand is. They can grab your one finger and they've got it, you know. And I remember pulling my fingers out and encouraging him just to take a step. And there would be times he's standing there and he's kind of going back and forth, not walking, just kind of sitting there like if those old weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Well, he fell down. And what kind of parent would I be if while he's on the ground, I just rip his face off? What are you doing? Learn how to walk. It's been six months. You know, like, really? Instead, what I did every time is I delighted in mercy. And I gave him just enough to encourage him. I did not pick him up. I didn't necessarily extend my hand every time. I just verbally sometimes said, come on, bud, you got to get up, angel. You got to, yay. And I clap and, and just to encourage him. I had the ability as his father to pick him up and carry him. I, I could have just said, you know what? He doesn't need to walk. I'm his father. I will carry him everywhere. Well, that same young baby boy is 11 years old and I'm not carrying him anywhere. And so the reality is I tried my best to train him how to walk and encourage him. And although I was his father at the time and still am, although I was at, his, I was at the time his father and fully capable of picking him up, I decided to just encourage him with my words. And so when you are given, thrown a curveball, run back to his words. God delights in mercy. Do you understand the only reason you need mercy is because you fall, because you sin, because you, you completely read situations wrong? And I mean, God Almighty says, hey, I'm going to throw your curveball. Let's see if you can hit it but you weren't listening to him. You thought you could do it your own way. And so you took a cut for a fastball and you completely were wrong. What do we do when we fall? The just man falleth seven times. What did he do? He got up. He got up. And so right now, I hope to encourage the situation that I'm going through. I hope I encourage to get up. I, I, I want to say so much here and I'm watching the clock, but I, I want you to know Peculiar Pilgrims for 49 weeks, this has been awesome. And here I am on the cusp of week 50 posting this podcast and I'm not excited right now. I do have the joy of the Lord and I do live by faith. I do believe that Almighty God is going to work this together for good as long as the parties involved love God. 
I mean, yeah, oh yeah, they sin. Absolutely. There's some sin in the camp I got to deal with. But the reality is this. God loves us. He wants to use us and has a specific plan for our lives. And so in my life, I received some curveballs and I took a cut and I missed it. What I can't do is walk off the field. Um, We mentioned suicide a couple weeks ago. Suicide's not the answer. It was just a curveball. You missed it. Maybe you struck out. Maybe you lost the game. There's another game. There's another day. There's more practice. Quitting is not the option. But the opposite is what is needed. You say, what's the opposite? Instead of quitting, acknowledge your sin, repent, and get clean. And so when you receive a curveball and you're all in, evaluate the situation. Examine yourself. Did I misread that? Was that a fastball I just missed? Oh, no, it was a curveball. Wow, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, dust myself off and get serious about it. And regarding repentance, I like how the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, as 1 John 1, 9. But the word of God also says, he that confesseth and forsaketh shall have mercy. And so repentance isn't just feeling sorry for your sin. Repentance isn't just crying, but repentance is changing. And so when I think about this situation, and I'm talking in broad terms because I want to help everybody. When I think about my listeners that are faithful, all 10 of you, (laughs) when I think about you guys, there's going to be times where you have 49 weeks of amazement, but then you're going to trip. You're going to fall. You're going to find some situation that causes you to slip or you just completely misread something and you fall into sin. What do you do? Let me encourage you. You dust yourself off. You confess. You forsake. And then and only then do you find mercy. Pilgrims, I want to encourage you to please never let up. Thank you for listening, and I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. We would not exist if it were not for pilgrims just like you. If you'd like to donate to help us with the cost of these productions, use Cash App at Peculiar Pilgrims and you won't regret it. Also, you can email us anytime with your compliments, complaints, critiques, and even criticism at peculiarpilgrimspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, fellow pilgrims, never let up.